if you were here uh, Tuesday night for the service of Bud Green, I want to let you know why you saw the choir kind of making weird face facial expressions and kind of doing things with their hands and candy getting up and down. But as Alan mentioned earlier, our monitors, uh, for some reason, the amp that powers the monitors here decided just to, to stop working uh, Tuesday night. And so I'm grateful for Roger uh, Lowe. Uh, we have a wonderful staff, and I'm grateful for Roger being able to identify exactly what the problem was in what was happening this week. And, and uh, hopefully that will be back up and and, and running, if not next Sunday, very soon. So uh, thank you, Roger, for your attention to that this week. Uh, it's exciting. These uh, next, well, next several weeks as we go through the summer, we're going to be in a new sermon series. And the sermon series is called Empowered. And uh, when God takes ordinary men and women, as we've referenced earlier during our prayer time, and fills us with his Holy Spirit, uh, the sky's the limit on what might could happen. And I'm grateful for the fact that he uses a tall, uh, sometimes goofy guy from Hendersonville, North Carolina, who's flawed and imperfect to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am grateful to partner with you, with our staff, uh, in doing that both here in Boiling Springs and as we seek to do that around our world. I've heard it said before that there are four main bones in every organization. I don't know if you've heard of this. For those of you who have been in places of leadership, you may agree. There's the wish bones, those that wish somebody else would do something about the problem. And that was not Roger this week. He jumped in there and did something about our sound problem. So again, thank you, Roger. There's the jaw bones, those that do all the talking, but very little else. There's the knuckle bones, those that knock everything. And then there's the backbones, those who carry the brunt of the load and do most of the work. Thank you, Zach, for reading our scripture in Acts this morning. As we move forward into a sermon series today on Empowered, it is here in Acts where we, where we, now, where we are now, and uh, we, we learn about and know of the 12 disciples, and now 11 disciples, is it here in the beginning of Acts 1, who were so remarkably ordinary in their lives and in their uh, character, yet that when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they became the backbone of the church of Jesus Christ. They became the backbone of of Jesus's ministry. And sometimes it's scary to think that these untrained, flawed, and common men were given the enormous task of carrying the gospel to the world. There was no plan B. There was no second string to come in if these men failed. These were it. And it's scary to think about when you think about Peter and him, you know, uh, denying Christ the three times. And when you think of the other disciples leaving at the crucifixion, or at other important times in Jesus' ministry. At other times, we, we, other stories we read about the disciples, we know what they've said, we know what they've done, and we're going, Jesus trusted these men with this enormous task? And that's where we find ourselves today. Paul wrote a great verse that helps summarize not only disciples, but at times our own lives. 1 Corinthians, this should be on a slide, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29, reminds us that these 12 were like the rest of us. They were selected from the unworthy and from the unqualified. And the following can be a description, not only of the disciples, but of many of us as well. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to um, to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence 
of God. It is his power working in and through us that enables us to be and to do. I love Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this passage. It's a little more blunt, a little more direct. He says, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential, not many from the high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses and chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Amen. Common men and women, both then and now, that were empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. In the church here, today is Ascension Sunday. It's a day that we remember and the day that many commemorate uh, the time when Christ left this earth. It was 40 days after the resurrection, which would have been, I believe, this last Thursday. And um, it's a day that we do not celebrate as a public holiday here in the U.S., but a little more research this week. Many European countries, Scandinavian countries, uh, two of most notable European countries, France and Germany, this is a national holiday weekend that begins on Thursday, and it's a long weekend. And it's something that I did not know in preparation for our time together this morning. Let me read to you this morning. You may have... um, heard it, but I want to read it once again. Verses 9 through 11 speak specifically of the ascension of our Lord. And after he had uh, said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, a day that takes place 50 days after the resurrection. The ascension was 40 days after the resurrection, and the Holy Spirit came at 50 days after the resurrection. And we'll be looking at that more next Sunday. So the question this morning is, what were the disciples and those close to Jesus doing between the ascension, the 40-day period, and the coming of the Holy Spirit, the 50-day period. What were they doing? It was a 10-day period of waiting. Jesus commanded them. If you remember back in verse 4, which we didn't read this morning, but he said back in verse 4 of Acts 1, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I hate these seasons of waiting, whether it's 10 days and you're waiting for news or whether it's a longer season of waiting. For those of you that were at Bud Green's funeral on Tuesday night, I spoke from Psalms about David and he kept asking the Lord, how long, how long must I groan? How long must I wait? We all go through seasons and they're never good seasons. They're most oftentimes painful and difficult where we ask that question, how long? The periods of waiting in the midst of difficulty are often the hardest periods of life to live through. Some of you are there this morning. You're waiting for a loved one to improve so things can return to normal. You're waiting for something to change so you can get back to life as you enjoy it. 
But why doesn't God go ahead and act and send the Spirit at once? After all, there's a gospel to be preached right away. There's a world that needs to hear. But instead, we find delay. We find go and wait. I'd like to propose to you this morning that these days of waiting were days that were filled with purpose, and they weren't days of inactivity or just sitting around. These were days of preparation. Often in preparation, God is doing things we cannot see, or at least of which we are unaware. Perhaps he's developing our character. In the latter part of this morning's text, we see that these days of waiting were not days of inactivity. Our days of waiting for God to move, our days of waiting for God to do what only he can do among his people and in this community should not be days filled with inactivity. When we wait on the Lord, these are not times where we just sit in the recliner and watch TV and go about our lives as usual, but it's a purposeful, active waiting. Waiting on God does not mean we cease doing anything. These men and women in our text today were actively waiting and preparing for the explosive growth of the church by doing several things. I referenced these a few weeks ago as we touched and began this series on Acts, but their waiting was filled with several things that I want to mention this morning. Number one is they were practicing obedience. If you look in verse four, Jesus told them, he said, gather, gather together, and he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. We see this in verse 12. Again, he says, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet. This was after his ascension, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. So he was, they were doing exactly what the Lord had told them to do. What are we as Morning Springs Baptist Church to do as we wait for God to move in our homes and in our church and in our community? We are to practice obedience. I know I've heard Dr. Cullinan say this before, and I've heard other men and women say this before, but until we know the next step of God's will, until we know the next thing that God would want us to do, let's focus on the things that we know he has already told us to do. Let's be obedient in the small things. We can start with the commandments. We can go uh, in the Old Testament. We can start with the commands of our Lord in the New Testament um, and go back to the things that we know he's told us to do now as we are waiting for direction for the next step. Not only were they practicing obedience, but they were actively engaging in fellowship. Verse 14, it says, these were all with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They were actively engaging in fellowship. Verse 15 tells us that the numbers now were about 120. I think many of you would agree with me, and you've been through things uh, far greater than anything that I've been through. Christians need other Christians. Something about Christian fellowship that I have not experienced in any community group or any group outside of Christian fellowship. There's something special about being together with people that you know, people that you love, people that will pray for you, people that will encourage you, that you cannot get anywhere else in the community. We go stronger in life and in faith, not, not through isolation, but through fellowship. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. It's a common fellowship or a participation in. It's the sharing of the same spirit. As God prepares us for personal growth and numerical growth, there's times that Boiling Springs Baptists can be together sharing life. Those, those times are of vital importance, not only to our health today, but looking to our health in the coming weeks and months and years ahead. We need times to be together. I'm grateful last Sunday. I'm grateful for many of you that brought food and, and experienced the great time of worship and fellowship with Green Bethel Baptist last Sunday in the LEC. It was a wonderful spirit in the room. 
Uh, Wade did a great job singing. I can't vouch for my own, but we had a great time together. And those times were important. Those times were important for our church and for our greater community as well. Men and women were actively waiting and preparing for the growth of the church by practicing obedience, by engaging in fellowship, and also by continually praying. Verse 14 that we just read says, they were all with one mind and were continually devoting themselves to prayer. You may be aware of Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, where he says to pray without ceasing or to pray continually. If you're wanting to memorize scripture, that might be a great one to start. It's only a few words, but pray continually. This doesn't mean that we're constantly kneeling 24 seven, but what it does mean is there's a consistency and there's a persist, there's a, we're persistent about praying. Um, you, we can do this in many ways. I've, I've, I've expanded over the last few years, the way that I pray. You can be praying, going down, driving down the road. Just don't do it with your eyes closed. It doesn't work out too well. But we can pray while we're traveling. We can pray while we're brushing our teeth. We can pray while we're, you know, doing different things in life. And again, we can do that in the midst of our waiting, like I talked about earlier. You know, as the disciples were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, it wasn't an inactive waiting, but it was an intentional, active waiting. I can't help but ask, what do you think they prayed for when they were gathered together and they were waiting I, I want to answer this by, by, by saying two things. Um, one, something that I learned years ago, it's a little acronym called ACTS, and it, 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 it is good. Um, I was going to say it's a little cheesy, but it does help you remember, of course, we're in ACTS, but it does help you remember not only what we should be praying about, but maybe what the disciples and those gathered in the room were praying about in these days. The A is for adoration. They were praising God. Um, God had sent his son Jesus to die for their sins and rise from the dead. There's an element of praise and adoration in their prayers. There was an element of confession. It must have been a time, I believe, of confession as well. They were preparing for the work that they were called to do, and they must have been conscious. They had to be conscious of their own inadequacy. Peter's words and and his denial of Christ may have been on his mind and the minds of others, but they were aware of their sinfulness. They were aware of their imperfections. And so I imagine that they spent some time confessing their sins. And the T, as we think about the ACTS acronym, the T is they offered prayers of thanks for all that Jesus did for them and all that he taught them as he, as they walked with him. And so they offered prayers of thanksgiving. And the last is the S, and they must have made an abundance of requests for supplications for their current needs, asking for strength to be faithful, to carry out this new task that they knew they were the ones left and held responsible for taking this message of Jesus forward. They must have been praying for strength as well during these times. As Bowling Springs Baptist Church prepares for our future, let us us be known as people of prayer. Boiling Springs Baptist needs prayer. I'm grateful for the times that we've had in homes just recently in preparing for our renewal services. There was a great spirit in those homes as we gathered in those places, not only for fellowship, but also for prayer. We don't have all the answers. We need the prayers of one another. The community needs our prayers. The world needs our prayers. And as we enter into prayer, the Holy Spirit directs our thoughts and guides us. When we pray, our hearts and minds are slowly molded to look more like him. And we begin to care about the things that he cares about. One of the other things that I think they must have been doing as they waited, it was a time of waiting can also be a time of study. 
I think that could be true in each of our lives as well. As we are waiting on God to move, as we are waiting for that next word from the Lord in the midst of our difficulty, we begin to read not only the Scriptures, but we begin to read devotionals. We begin to read thoughts that other people have about the passage of Scripture that we're reading. But we begin to read devotionals and articles. We begin to study, and we want to know more about the works and the ways of our Lord. I believe after being with Jesus and hearing him speak of different Old Testament prophecies, they went back and they looked things up. And this is noticed as you continue to read through not only Acts 1, but the rest of Acts as well. If you find yourself in a period of waiting, I would encourage you to do what the disciples did, and that's redeem the time. Don't be inactive in your waiting. Read the scripture. Become a better student of the Bible. Secure helps that will aid you in your understanding and talk to others that are more knowledgeable than you are about the scriptures. This time of waiting can also be a time of study. And the last thing we see in Scripture is that while we wait, while they were preparing for the growth of the church, they appointed new leaders. The disciples recognized the need for leadership, and they supplied this need by choosing Matthias. They chose one who was a witness of the resurrection of Christ and one who had walked with Christ, one who was with him. Church history tells us that great movements of God happened because people prepared for it. We see the disciples as they are waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit, as they are waiting for Pentecost. They gathered together to pray, to study, to learn, to grow, and to have Christian fellowship. All of the things that we have looked at this morning from the early church should be true of Boiling Springs Baptist Church. As we wait for God to move, as we look to Him, as we anticipate our future, and what he has in store for us. May we practice obedience. May we experience Christian fellowship. May we uh, pray continually. May it be a time of studying. And may we always be open to who the Lord would have to serve in places of leadership. If you are not currently involved in church or in a position of leadership here at the church, um, and you feel the Lord tugging on your heart, and maybe that opportunity no one has come to you, I would encourage you to come to me, come to one of our staff, and to tell us how the Lord is working in your heart and how he is moving. And we would like to talk with you more about what that could look like in your, uh, in your life and in the life of our church. May we be people, again, who walk obediently, and who practice Christian fellowship, and who carry out these things that the disciples gave us, again, this, this example. As we, live in the walk of, as we live and walk in the way of Christ, may we be people empowered by the Holy Spirit. I love... Um, several months ago, when I first came, well, almost two years ago now, when I came to Boiling Springs, we went through a Wednesday night study called the 12 Ordinary Men, and we looked at each of the disciples. We spent a Wednesday night looking at each of the disciples. We saw the great things that they did, but we also saw the true humanity of each of these men who walked with Christ. And each night I left, and I think our people did as well, hopeful that if God can use this person tonight. He can use me. And then next week we would look at somebody else and we would hope to get to a disciple one week, maybe that didn't have any flaws, but it never happened. The scripture doesn't hide those. They're there. And I'm, and I'm hopeful and I hope you can find strength and encouragement in this as well as if God can take these men who there was no plan B, there was no second string and use them to change the world. He can take you and he can take me, empower us, fill us with his Holy Spirit to help others come to know Christ and to walk with him.
May we, may I, may us, may all of us as body of believers be open and allow that Holy Spirit to work and move within us. And may we follow these things that we've looked at today as we wait for God to move and for God to work. Will you pray with me? God, move us in a direction where we can experience more of your power. Move in us and give us strength to be the people that you have called us to be. Fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, for those today who are in the room who are waiting, who are asking the questions of how long, as David did in the Psalms, Father, encourage them today and give them strength. Lord, help us in our waiting to continue to be faithful as these who were waiting in Jerusalem were faithful, waiting for the coming of your Holy Spirit. Father, I'm not aware of all the needs in this place today, but Lord, I know you are. And Father, I ask today that you would speak to each one at the point of their need. We love you, God. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray, the name above, other, above all names. Amen. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, or maybe you've never followed through with Believer's Baptism, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing. If you desire church membership, I invite you to come as well. Let's stand and sing together.